What's up, everybody? On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking to Lake Pickle. Uh, Lake is one of the producers at Primos, and he's been there for about four years. And I've gotten to know him over the, you know, over the last year or so. Um, I guess through this podcast, talked to him at NWTF and um, followed him on social media. And he has a podcast through Primos called Speak the Language. I uh, just really wanted to talk to him about what gear he's running, kind of the Primos style of filming, and um, you know, really trying to kind of get his perspective on the industry and how we got started and trying to get you guys some information on, you know, if you wanted to break into the industry or, um, you know, just some of that type of information. He's, he started with Midwest Whitetail, uh, got started that way and is working with some of the best guys in the industry. So, um, I hope you enjoy the conversation. If you want to follow the podcast, you can find us on Instagram at, at redneck tech podcast. Our email is redneck tech podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy the podcast, please go rate and um, review us on iTunes. It helps get the word out to other people about the podcast. Uh, so if you do that, I'd really appreciate it. And here is Lake Pickle. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. guys welcome back to redneck tech podcast brought to you by diamondback truck covers uh, this is going to be episode 40 i actually did look up the episode number this week and we have got lake pickle on the phone today from primos what's going on lake man i'm good glad to be here you, tra- you staying cool in mississippi i golly dude if you're gonna stay cool in mississippi this time of year you might as well just not even go outdoors keep your ac running have like three box fans going it's it's bad this take time a, of year take a cold man. bath or a cold shower at the end of the day <laughs> it's bad like stick your head in the freezer bad it's it's bad it's a miserable time in the south well, yeah man it's it stays so humid and and like you know i've got that uh puppy i just yeah you know, i got a 15 week old puppy and i take him out in the mornings and you know it's hot when you go outside at like you know 7 a.m and you break a sweat that's when you <laughs> that's when you know it's hot yeah How's the, how's the puppy doing? I keep seeing pictures of him on Instagram. Man, he's doing great. You know, he's uh, I got him from uh, Mossy Oak Kennel, so he, he came from a really good line. Um, and he's yeah, he's just you know doing what puppies do. He's learning a lot, and I'm trying to trying to keep him from keeping. I'm trying to teach him from, from not teaching him any bad habits. But uh, yeah, man, he's kind of one of those that uh, if he messes up, it's my fault. I got to stay out of the way and let him do his thing because he's a He's a smart little puppy. Yeah, well, not to skip ahead, but what are you going to do this fall when you're on the road? Where's he going to go? So, uh, he's actually, the timing worked out. You know, I kind of, I waited a year, you know, or so to get him. uh, Just so the timing would work out like this. I would love to, you know, train the dog myself mostly, but it just, you know, with my schedule with Primo's and being on the road, it just wouldn't work. I wouldn't be able to dedicate the time to him that I needed. So, uh, right when he hit about five and a half months old, is when we'll be leaving for elk season. So I'm going to take him back up to Westbrook and drop him up back up at uh, Mossy Oak Kennels with Mr. Bill and Riley and those guys, and they're going to keep him through uh, elk season and a couple months through deer season and work with him and train him. And I would make, you know, elk season's only September, so after that I'll probably work, run up there some and spend some weekends with them or, you know, weekdays training and whatnot. But, uh, you know, and then I'll get him back right before duck season starts. And we'll roll right into hunting. 
Are you going to bring back some ducks this year, you think? He better. If not, I'll trade him <laughs> in for a new model. <laughs> we, don't want a, we don't want a biscuit eater right off the bat, do we? <laughs> right. All right. dogs come out of the womb being biscuit eaters. That's, you don't have to teach them that. They already know that. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, well dude, I kind of want to get into um, kind of get into your background some. You know, I, I know a little bit about you. I don't know a ton about you. I've um, been listening to the uh, Primo Speak the Language podcast for a while and following you on Instagram. Um, you've been in the business. You got started with Midwest Whitetail, correct? Yeah, yeah. I was a intern for Midwest Whitetail when I was, goodness, man, that makes, makes me feel old kind of it uh i was back in 2012 2012 was, uh, okay yeah, that was the was, year that was the year was it 2012 2013 i started at sub seven so okay. we're right about yeah. the same time i got started and it. you got started in it. i got you okay and then yeah. you were that you were an intern there for about a year half a year a fall what oh uh, yeah yeah they had a six-month internship so i stayed up there i moved up there in august and stayed up there till after deer season Moved back to Mississippi and uh, started going back to school for a little while. But yeah, the Midwest Whitetail was my was my start into the uh, my start into the hunting industry. Well, I get so asked was, uh, I get asked the question by you know a couple guys over the years if, if that's a good internship, if that's something they should look into. So you'd be the guy to ask. What's what's your thoughts on that internship? Man, uh, I, I can say it like there's it opened so many doors for me and I, you know i get i get questions i know you do too i get asked all the time you know like how do i get into the industry how do i get in the industry i always tell them one of the best things you can do is get some sort of uh experience professional yep. experience sets you apart and that that internship you know i wouldn't have the job i have now if it wasn't that internship yeah and, uh, and getting experience in this industry and well, if you do it the way I did it, I didn't have an internship. I just did it for free. You know, I just filmed whoever let me go just to meet people and network. And essentially, you, right. you know, you did the, I don't, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that's not a paid internship, but essentially, you, yes, got, yeah. you yeah, you went and did virtually the same thing, but you did it in a more condensed fashion with a heck of a lot more connections than my not knowing nobody. So uh, that's a smart way to go. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was an awesome experience, man. And, you know, like I said, they, they taught me, which uh, at the time, Aaron Warbritton and Greg Clements worked there. Both of those guys uh, do the hunting public now. They're not with Midwest anymore. But um, those guys were, you know, excellent teachers. And, you know, because I had, you know, I, at the point when I moved, when I went up there to work, the most hunting filming experience I had was running a handy cam filming my buddies like in high school. You know, I mean, yeah. there was no experience. And so they, they pretty much taught me. You know, the, had to teach me the bare basics and kind of build me up from there. I was as green as green could be, but you know, like I said, just great guys. And um, yeah, I would definitely, I would, um, I would refer anyone to do that internship. And also, uh, like I said, Aaron and Greg was who was with uh, at Midwest at the time, and those guys at the Hunt Public they offer internships now. So that would be something to look into as well. The Hunt Public internships. I don't know if they filled those already for this fall but it'd be something to look into for sure. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to be looking for, hopefully, I get as much work as I hope I'm about to get. I'm going to need an intern, but I need somebody here close, and I don't know if I can house anybody, so my internship program might be a little bit different, but I'm hoping I get to that spot. But anyway, to kind of skip forward, how did you get hooked up with Primos? What, how did that come along? Man, that is a uh, that's a funny story. It's a, it's a it's a funny story. Like, there's only one way to explain it, you know, from the get-go. I mean, like, like honestly, me getting on with Primos 
was like just a hundred percent. It is just one of those God things, um, as far as just the timing of it goes. So I left Midwest and uh, went to Miss, went back to Mississippi State University, and uh, I told the guys in Midwest like I said I had really good relationships with all of them, um, still good friends with those guys, and they knew that my my goal, you know, I told them I said in a perfect world I want to go work for Primos. That's what I've always wanted to do. And uh, Aaron, Aaron Warburton ran into uh, Brad Ferris at, I believe it was the ATA show, but he ran into him at, a, at one of those trade shows. Um, and at the time, Brad was doing his game plan show. You know, for a while, Brad had that um, game yep. plan show. Oh, yeah, the, the most epic elk, elk hunt I remember ever seeing. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He was, he was doing that show, and so he was doing a lot, needing a lot of freelance work. And so Aaron said, hey, there's a, you know, a kid that, just came out of our internship program. He's local for you. You know, he's in Mississippi. Um, and so, you know, Brad gave Aaron his contact information. Aaron relayed it to me and said, you know, Brad wants you to email him. So, you know, I shoot Brad an email. I said, hey, you know, I'm my name's Lake Pickle. I just came out of the Midwest Whitefield internship. I'm in school right now, but I would love to work in the future. You know, just kind of introducing myself kind of thing. And um, we emailed on and off for, for – for the year and a half that I was at Mississippi State, and, you know, because he told me, you know, right off the bat, we realized that, you know, I couldn't really do anything at the time because, you know, just my schedule with school wouldn't allow it. And, but he said, you know, email, email me from time to time. Let me know of your schedule. And if we can ever make anything work, you know, can definitely use you. So I'd email him, you know, every now and then just kind of, you know, keeping trying to keep my name in his head, you know, just to stay at the forefront, you know, because that was something I definitely wanted to do when I finished school. And uh, I was actually about to start, let's see, I had, I had three semesters left worth of college to finish. And um, I uh, was about to start, you know, fall semester. And uh, Mississippi has a, uh, has a local trade show, you know, just kind of like a consumer hunting show. Yeah. And uh, Primo's always has a booth up there, you know, because Primo's is a Mississippi company. And I'd already gone up there on Saturday, and uh, I wasn't going to go on Sunday. One of my friends called me and said, hey, man, come up to the extravaganza with me. I was like, man, I've already been. He said, come on, dude, I got a free ticket. I was like, all right. So I happened to go, and uh, I walked by the Primo's booth, and Brad was there. And that was the only day that he was there. And I said, you know, I should probably go introduce myself. I'd never, you know, met Brad in person. Yeah. And I said, I should probably introduce myself and say, hey, I'm the kid that's been emailing you for the last year and a half. So I just, you know, walk up there to him, you know, tell him who I am. And uh, I didn't know it. I, you know, I had no clue. But at the time, they were about to be, you know, Brad wasn't doing game plan anymore. He was back with Primo's. And uh, they were going to be needing some more camera guys. I had no clue. I just wanted to, you know, introduce myself. And yeah. So we talked for a little bit, and that was on a Sunday, right? Well, uh, I had actually moved on Monday back up to Starkville because I was starting school that next week. Well, Wednesday morning comes along. You know, I'm in Starkville, Mississippi. We start class in like three days and uh, like just moved back up there. And I get a phone call and it's Brad Ferris and he wants me like elk hunting in New Mexico in two weeks. <laughs> it was just kind of, he was like, hey, you know, I know you're in school, but is there a chance you could take the semester off and you go back and finish later? We need somebody. We need them, you know, now. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. Elk hunting sounds better in school. Yeah, so, I'm right. Uh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh you know, the funny thing is, is um, I had to go to the office to kind of do a formal interview. And that was the first time I ever met Will. And uh, Will looked at me, you know, when we were at the interview and we kind of already gotten to the point of like, hey, yeah, we're going to bring you on. And Will said, um, 
I'm not going to hire you unless you promise me that you're going to finish school. And so I made that promise to him, and I'm actually still in school. I've been chipping away at it online for I've been at Primo's four years, so at least four years now, and I should finish this. I should finish this spring. You know how we do, man, with all the traveling yeah, and road time. It's hard. Like I could take. I couldn't take a full load of classes, so I take a class here, two classes there, that kind of thing. But um, yeah, man. So I've been at Primo's four years now, and it's been it's been nothing but good. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, that's kind of funny you say something about Will. You know, I've been in this industry for, well, I mean, seven, eight, eight or nine years now. And, you know, the first guy I ever remember watching on VHS tape is Will Primos. And, <laughs> yeah. And Will Primos yeah. is the only guy I've never gotten to meet. Really? And honest to God, yeah, I've met pretty much everybody. I mean, I've worked with half the people I watched on TV, um, filmed them, you know, edited, whatever. And Will is literally, to me, in my mind, the pioneer of me watching outdoor, you know, content. Uh, I was back on one of the Truth About Whitetails VHS tapes. I'll never forget it. I think Chris Ashley, Chris Ashley was filming him, and yeah. um, I don't even remember where they were. I want to say it was Illinois or somewhere. And he killed a big thirteen point, big dark chocolate horn antler buck. And who I, Chris was filming, and he got so enthralled with the deer coming in. He was watching it with his eyes and not the camera, and they never got the kill. <laughs> and uh, I remember that hunt so vividly because I wanted to see that kill so bad, and they did the recovery, and, you know, they're talking in the tree, and he tells Will he didn't get it. And Will's talking to the camera like, I don't even care. He's like, you know, I was I, I was so tore up with him too. I can understand how, how you would be. And that was just cool to me to see the passion of not only Will, but, you know, back then it was Chris filming him and just, I, you know, after, you know, being bummed out that you don't get to see the kill, but then realizing, hey, you know, this is this is a really big team effort, and that was kind of yeah. the first time it clicked to me that there's, hey, there's somebody actually holding that camera. That's not just yeah. this floating thing over the guy's shoulder that's miraculously getting this kill. There's somebody actually doing it, and uh, there's that, you know, that could be an occupation. Um, yeah. But that's my earliest. Oh, God, I wish I still had that VHS tape. I can still see the cover. I can still see. You know, I can still remember half the hunts. I think one of the hunts was, uh, gosh, it was Kevin Meacham, and it was in Mississippi, and he shot this deer at like 45 yards, which back then with the bow was a long way. Yeah. And uh, I remember him holding low because the deer ducked because it was looking at him, and he just smoked him. And it was he talked about how he was holding low because he knew he would duck, and that right. was amazing to me. I'm like, holy crap, how did he know to do that? You know, I'm how old was I? I was probably 10 or 11 years old. I mean, it's been a long time, but... You know, to me, I've all, every in every show, I always say I'm going to go over and introduce myself and meet Will for the first time, and I never get around to doing that. I need to do that next time I'm there. I'm gonna make you. Yeah, you I'm gonna make you introduce me to him next time I see y'all. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it, man. Look, because like, like, let me tell you, because it's the same way. Um, Will and you know, Will, Brad, Jimmy, those guys were my heroes growing yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. You watch, you know, Troy, Chris, all those guys. They just, you know. You just, I just looked up to them, man, you know, because they, you know, they always, the thing that, I, that that drew me to them personally, and um, I think a lot of people got drawn to about that about Primo's, it always looked like they were just having such a genuinely good time. Well, you know, to, they just looked like they were having fun. You know what it was to me? Those were all the people I grew up with, the redneck guys that I grew up with. Those guys made it. It's like all my buddies, yeah. and those are my <laughs> buddies that made it. It's like yeah. those guys made it. You know, not yeah. a professional, you know, professional baseball player or a lawyer or politician or whatever. It's like those guys 
have got it figured out. They made it. And uh, I always thought about that. I'm like, because I know so many, and, and they're so relatable. You know, all those, yeah. everybody at Primos, everybody has somebody in their life that they can attribute yeah. to a Brad Ferris or a, a Will Primos or, you know, even you. You know, they, they, they have guys in their life that they say, man, I've got a buddy that's just like that. And and I think that's <laughs> I think yeah. that's so important when you're producing content, especially in this day and age, when you have not only somebody that's real, but somebody that's relatable. You know, there's so many yeah. of these hosts out there that are doing things that aren't relatable. They're shooting deer that yeah. aren't relatable. They're going to places and doing things and trying to make themselves something they're not. And when you can really break it down and like on, uh, like on Troy's uh, elk hunt, which your elk hunt was unbelievable by the way, but like on Troy's <laughs> elk hunt when he's just, um, just, just recent one that aired, you know, when Will breaks down and starts praying with him after the, after the hunt, I'm pretty sure it was Troy's. Yeah, well, he, I, I'm not sure. I know he prayed, he prayed with mine and Troy's. I okay, well, it was I was one of y'all's, and that that just to me that wasn't staged, that wasn't her, rehearsed, that wasn't produced for behind the camera. That was just Will being Will. And, yeah, um, to me, you, somebody that wouldn't be that way if they tried to do that, you'd know it. But yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. there's so there's a there's a genuine quality to those guys, and there's other shows that do a really good job of it, and there's other shows that do a terrible job of it. Um, so. To me, that's the inherent value in that. And I guess that's a, a perfect segue into, you know, kind of the way that you guys film the show. Kind of talk to me about the style of how to f- how you film Primos and kind of your, I guess, if you will, maybe pre-production or planning into going into each show. Like to try and keep it real and raw and not try and do a bunch of stage stuff and try and essentially let your characters be the character. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, you kind of hit on some main key points that that you know made primos and still makes primos you know as successful as it is and you know like you said it you know it's real that, that's how that's what primos was founded on I mean, you know the thing that you know they called it the truth you know they called it the truth because that was will's thought you know he said i want this to be real i want it to be as it actually happens you know and, and not just that goes beyond the hunt, that goes on, you know, to the people that are in the shows, the people, you know, their personalities, the things that you go through and that we go through to, to, to get, you know, ourselves in situations to be, you know, drawn back on a bull elk or a deer or, you know, drawing a bead on a strutting turkey. You know, it's just you want to show everything and the realism of it. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what our mindset when we make these shows, you know. And, um, you know, and that's kind of how what how we produce our content, you know, what we base it on. We want to capture the realism of it. If, if it is humanly possible for us to catch it live, that's what we try to do. Yeah. You know, we, the, the discussions of how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that and set up to do this, you know, we, you know, and sometimes, we, you know, some stuff comes out a little bit wrong. But, uh, you know, and some, but sometimes that, you know, the realness of it, outweighs you know that it may be a little bit raw and it kind of carries it you know what i'm saying yeah I understand. It's, uh, and uh and in the same way too you know you try to catch you know will's personality for just just the way like you're talking about the prayer after the elk you know that's not something that he did to you know in his mind we're saying this will look cool on tv that's just will being will that's per- that's his personality that's yeah. who he is yeah and so we strive to catch, you know, whether it be Will or Brad or Troy or Jimmy or Jordan or me, you know, it, that's that's the whole, I guess, premise behind Primos is make it as real, you know, don't try to 
contrive anything. Don't try to stage anything. Just make it to be real. Because, yeah. I mean, there even there are some times where we have to go back and shoot something. But even when we go back and shoot something and have to, you know, I don't want to say staging it, but when we have to go back and shoot something, we base it off of what actually happened. We never try to fake anything. Or make it your church, it's essentially Joe Dirt term, church it up. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's it's about as, you know, it's showing what actually happened. And yeah. that's, you know, like I said, I, I'm not here, you know, at Primo's reinventing the wheel by any means. You know, I, you know, I was fortunate and blessed enough to stay, you know, to be able to come on to this team that was already very, very successful. And um, they've taught me a lot, and we're just trying to keep pretty much keep a good thing going because, you know, Primo's is a is you know has had such a strong name in the industry and, and still does, and that and it's because they've always been so real and so genuine and so fun and passionate about what they do. But and, but not only such a good you know reputation, but you know in in this industry, you know, you know I mean, you know some of the horror stories behind the scenes that most of the public doesn't know either. But right. you know, there's I've never heard any of those about Primos, you know. No, and you won't. Just about just about every other company has them, but never heard yeah. one about Primos. So you know that's yeah. that speaks volumes as well, you know. And I, you know, one of my favorite things that Will ever did was that linguist film that Sitka did. Um, yeah. I thought he was so good in that, and that that one was so well done. Um, it's one of my favorite ones, which you know Canada does a really good job, and I'm sure they had a great budget to do it with, but. At the same time, that was just Will being Will again. You know, that's why it was yeah. so good. 100%. Yeah, and, like, let me tell you, man, like, you know, I, I probably, you know, I don't, I, I probably wouldn't know Will as well, you know, to the capacity that I know him now. Um, but you know how it is in the line of work that we do. Whoever you work with, you know, you just you spend a lot of time around. Oh, you know, so much, so much time. Yep. And, like, let me tell you, man, and this is just, like I'm not trying to make Primos sound good. I'm just being as honest as I can be. Will Primos is one of the finest men that I know. He's one of my favorite people on the planet. He's just as down to earth as could be. Uh, has a genuine personality. He's kind. He wants to teach you. He wants to help you in any way he can. Like I, I can tell you, man. You know, because we were on that elk trip, and me and him were hunting together. I got to hunt, and he. You know, you got to have Will out. Primos calling out for you. Right. Oh, yeah, that, right. You know yeah. I mean? like, everybody, every, right. yeah, everybody hates your guts for that. Yeah, and they should. You know, I, like, I don't deserve that. I, like I said, just counting my blessings. It's just, you know, I'm thankful for it. Um, but Will was genuinely more excited and happy about me shooting my elk than him shooting the one he killed. He was happy about the one he killed, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that's just his, that's his personality. He likes to see other people succeed that's that's just will that's how he is well i mean he said that he said that in a linguist film too you know about the workplace and how he runs primos you know that's to me that says that speaks volumes about the company and him as a person like i said i've never met him and don't know him but just by watching the show i could have i could extrapolated that just by watching him you know it's really hard for somebody that's not a good person to put on a good face to say they are a good person You know, I've had a couple. Heck, I've had a couple surprise me, but um, for the most part, you know. Yeah, heck, man! Like uh, Brad Ferris, you know, part of the story of me coming home with Primos. Um, you know, I met Brad at the at the uh, wildlife show, right? Uh, Brad, I wouldn't have initially gotten hired if it wasn't for Brad. You know, me meeting him and him saying, "Hey, 
let's give this kid a shot, you know, and me and Brad are extremely close. And Brad in the same capacity. Brad always tried to teach me, always tried to help me, man, because they look like when I show up, it wasn't like I rolled up in New Mexico with Brad, you know, just an ace of filming elk hunt. Dude, yeah. I was so nervous because I, you know, dude, I'd never even seen an elk before, yeah. you know? And all of a sudden I'm filming bow hunts with primos. I was so nervous that oh, I was yeah. messed up. But Brad was just like, hey, you know, try to do this, try to keep your composure, you know, do the, you know, just always. Like I said, that's just, that's just the primos that, that's just the attitude that primos has, you know. Well, uh, yeah. I can remember, and this, I've never even told this story. Um, so. Exclusive, exclusive. No, exclusive. <laughs> right. So turkey hunting has always been special to me, right? It's just, you Well, know, you're from Mississippi. Yes, you're from Mississippi. It has to be. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, and I'd always dreamed about those white fan Merriam turkeys because, you know, if you in Mississippi, a Merriam turkeys are, you know, far, far thought. They're a long way away. Yeah. Well, I go to New Mexico at my, my first spring, the end of the, it's the end, last trip of my first spring with Primos. And uh, we, you know, it took us a couple of days to kind of find, you know, we couldn't, we, you know, we couldn't really find them. You know, it's not like we were having trouble getting them in the gun range we just hadn't really found them yet but once we found them we you know got into them but uh you know the first turkey that we killed me and troy were filming brad and will were hunting will shoot the turkey it was gorgeous you know this big old white tip fan Miriam comes in gobbling and strutting and i'm just you know i'm just in paradise man i'm like i just watched my childhood hero kill a Miriam turkey in new mexico i'm just on cloud nine yeah and uh, I'll never forget. This wasn't even on camera. Like I said, this is just this is just real. This is how these guys are. We we shot everything we needed to shoot for the show. We turned the cameras off, and then Troy says, "Hey," and everyone kind of stopped. You know, Brad and me were like, "What?" Like before we get back to the truck and get to running and getting busy again, he said, "We need to. We all need to sit and give thanks." So we all took a knee, got in a circle. We all grabbed hands. <laughs> Grown man grabbed hands, and we prayed right there. And thank the Lord for the opportunity to be there and took turns going around just telling the Lord what we were thankful for. And it was just one of those moments that, you know, you don't forget. Yeah. And those, those are the kind of guys that I've been privileged to work with. Yep. And that's why I would I would venture to guess you'll probably be there as long as they'll let you be there. Yeah, I don't plan on going. Anymore. Yeah. I'd have to run me out of here with a stick. Well, that's and that's that's a <laughs> that's a very rare thing, man. You know, to to be around people that not are only good human beings, but you know have a great business that um represent themselves the way that they should represent the sport the way that it should and you know take care of their people that's that's a very rare thing in this day and age yeah and uh yeah very i mean I'm, i was blessed to work with a lot of great people and you know like you were talking about your first you know first thing was to film um was to film brad in new mexico in an elk hunt you never seen an elk well some of my first you know professional filming experiences were filming with jeff foxworthy so I yeah, was, I was absolutely nervous as a cat too. So it's yeah, yeah, it's one, of, yeah. It's one of those things to where, but you know, then it got to where you build confidence. You get out there, you learn, you make mistakes, and you, you know, you continue to you know do your job the best way that you can. Yeah, but uh, there were there were plenty of mistakes made. Oh Not no doubt, mistakes. I still <laughs> I, I still make them every day, buddy. Yeah. Every day, most yeah. of them have to do Same with my here. wife now, but uh, but I still make them every day. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, next question I had was, uh, if you had to pick one thing to film, 
or I guess really hunt and film and create content around, what would it be? Man, um, I'd have to go with elk. Those I, elk are. I was I was fifty special. I was fifty fifty. You'd say elk or turkeys. I knew it was going to be one or the other. Turkeys are a close second. Look, the jury's still out. Like I still couldn't tell you which one I like more, and that's saying a lot because turkeys stole my heart when I was young. Yeah. But. But Those there's something there's dude. something about being out west, just even being there, man. It's there's yeah, nothing like it. Yeah. I tell man, it's, it's I tell people air, that all the time. The the thin air, the cool temperatures, the mountains, the aspen trees, the, the bugling, it's just man, it's it's special. When yeah. I talk about it, it gets in your blood, I mean it gets in your blood. And I, like, and I and I tell people that all the time. You know, I've been filming I filmed, I don't know, probably not as many as you have now. I think I've done nine elk cunts between filming and edit or filming and hunting myself and uh, yeah. it took me nine elk cunts to finally lay hands on an elk but it didn't matter it didn't matter if i had never killed one or filmed one die it was, i was going to continue to do it and and i yeah. tell people that all the time if you enjoy turkey hunting uh they they share some some similarities um, oh yeah they don't i mean they obviously a you know an elk is a lot bigger and they can actually right. their nose is definitely their you know their biggest weapon but there if you've never done it there's so many western states and so many opportunities to go do it plan on doing it there's nothing in the world even if you don't kill one it is worth the trip just to go be in amongst them and be you know where they are and to you know, to go in and if you do let do it like I did and, do, you know, do it, do it yourself trip where you go and sleep in a tent or whatever. And like I said, even if you don't kill one, just be in there. There's just nothing like it. Oh, a hundred percent. I tell people all the time. I said, if you, jo if you enjoy bow hunting, if you enjoy turkey hunting, if you enjoy both, either whatever, so you owe it yourself to go elk hunting at least one time. Absolutely. It's, it's you just you do which it's, I, it's unbelievable which I heard you a Hunsucker the other day and he was talking about shooting turkeys with a bow and I love Michael but I do believe and I've said this before and I don't nothing against guys that shoot turkeys with a bow I just believe God put turkeys on earth to be shot in the face with a shotgun but that's just my per, <laughs> that's just my personal opinion yeah I had to be with you on that one I can't I've never even man I've never even attempted I have I haven't either and I have I no just, desire to yeah, me either. Like I said, it's not that I, I don't know if it, you know, I'm not, not that I don't think I can do it. Like, I feel like I could do it. I just don't want to. I like hunting them with a shotgun. Well, it, to me, it's just so anticlimactic. You call a turkey in or you're sitting in a blind or however you do it, blind or no blind. And then they come in there and they're strutting. And I just feel like there should be a loud bang that yeah. ends that, you know, that yeah. it puts a punctuation or, a, you know, a period on the end of that sentence. And shooting one with a bow just don't do it for me. Yeah, I, you know, and and it's odd because anything else, you know, deer or elk, I love archery. Oh yeah, absolutely, I absolutely love it. But turkey hunting, I, I'm I'd like shotgun them. That's just how I am. No doubt. I mean, well, at least we're on the same page. I think that's just a southern thing. Those Midwest guys do things a little bit differently, anyway. They do. They do. You know, and if that's your jam, you know, do it. You know, keep bow hunting. Hey, you know, whatever. whatever do, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever keeps guys buying licenses and getting out there and you know experiencing the outdoors, I'm all for it. As long as they're doing it legally and ethically, I'm all for it. But just me personally, yeah. it's gonna be a shot gun yeah they're gonna get yeah they're gonna get a, a load of pellets in the head exactly <laughs> well uh what gear what gear are you guys running i've watched some of the shows and last and i know some of the behind the scenes stuff that makes the show it looks like you guys are running 300ks yeah uh yeah that's what we're running all the shows on uh right now uh we run a lot of gopros you know like i said we like catching everything as, as if it's possible for us to catch it live we do so we yeah. run a lot of gopros and keep those running live 
um, uh, we run, you know, we run some some five days and stuff for shooting second angles or for shooting, you know, maybe some some interview or in camp type stuff. But uh, the three hundreds are definitely, you know, our our workhorses for sure. Yeah, I've ran uh, that camera a bunch. I love that. I miss having a camera with the with a uh, a rocker zoom on it. I, all the cinema cameras that I'm running now, you can't, you don't have a zoom, you know, where you can zoom in. You've got to essentially roll the zoom, but gosh, I miss, I miss having that. Yeah. And see that goes, I can talk about that too. That goes more to, you know, like we, you know, just our style of filming. Yeah, absolutely. A very popular thing that you see these days. And again, I'm not, I'm not cutting on anybody, you know, it's just one style. Some people like vanilla, some people like chocolate, you know, a lot a very popular thing you see these days is uh people making quick cuts you know that's a that's the thing you see a lot of mm-hmm. um and primos you know we don't do that uh primarily um not that we have anything against it that's just not our style yeah we do a lot of with that rocker zoom that you were talking about a big thing that we like to do is pulls from from the animal to the hunter oh we, yeah we're like establishing yep we just it, it gives it to us it gives it a feel of realism we like being able to go like you know like troy's elk you know we pull from tight on the elk and then you pull back and then you can see Troy standing by that tree he was standing at. You yep. know, we do that a lot. To us, it gives us a sense of, gives you a perspective, gives the viewer like, okay, that's, you know, he's that far away from the elk. Kind of gives you more of a feel. Well, well that, then it adds, well, the, and, and, and adds some, you know, some genuine feel to it because there's no faking that. When you can see the hunter and the animal in the same frame, you know. Exactly. Yeah, there's no, they, there's no funny business going on here. But no, I... And, you know, and I completely, you know, that's, that's Primos' thing. And I'm a, and I love the style. I love how real and raw it is. And, but I, I'll be the first to tell you and be, you know, completely a hundred percent upfront about it. I'm a quick cut guy. That's how, yeah. I, that's how I edit. That's how I'm used to editing. That's my style. Um, but I love, I love all forms of it. You know, I said, I think I've said it on a previous podcast and I've talked to a lot of guys you know, they did that Land of the Free project, the Born and Raised guys did this year. And, um, they had a really cool intro that was, you know, done in After Effects and had the Onyx Maps background and everything on it. But um, right. they they did a very Primos-ish style, long form, very long shots, no quick cuts type hunts. And uh, right. I enjoyed it. It's not necessarily my style. Like, I don't know. I've just been... I've came through and the shows that I edited always had to be so fast because they were produced with multiple cameras. They were, you know, shot over weeks and weeks at a time. So you had to pack so much into a, a show to where essentially that's the way you did it. And you edited the music and you edited the beats and you had to get in and out and cover up edits and go from here to there. And, um, I've always, I've always wanted to have a primo style show to edit because honestly, they'd be a lot easier to edit. (laughs) yeah uh, you yeah, get, you yeah. get through them yeah. and, and do, do you edit i haven't asked you that oh we i edit you know jordan and i pretty much have the same job um jo- jordan and i both will edit some like youtube stuff you know we'll edit uh you know social media stuff the television shows are mainly done by troy ruiz and slade reeves okay that all right i got you okay yeah i didn't know if you edited or not i, I didn't i didn't know yeah. Well, see, yeah, and to me, I've always wanted to get a sh- get my hands on a show like that because, you know, generally when I edit a television show or when I did el- edit television shows, you know, we'd set aside 10 days or two weeks to edit a show. 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. It's that's pretty. It takes it takes a while. Yeah, and you want it to come out looking right and be able to tell the story that you want to tell. It takes time. Well, that and especially when you're doing quick cuts. You know, generally when I'm editing, there's a shot every three to five seconds. You know, never right. is there a shot that lasts on the screen longer than that. And uh, that you know, you you look at a timeline when it's finished, and it looks like you drop skittles all over the place because there's <laughs> tiny little cut marks everywhere. But yeah. um, anyway, to get back to what gear you're running, so you're running the 300k because you know yep. it goes back to the style. What sticks and um, uh, head and camera arm are you guys running? Yeah, so we run a. Uh, let me make sure I, I get these numbers right. It's a Manfrotto. I believe it's a 504. I want to say mm-hmm. uh, 504 uh, is the head, and then our camera arms are actually, dude. Our camera arms are like custom built by our uh, CNC guy. Yeah, old, like, yeah, uh, old yeah. school heavy guys. Yeah, yeah. 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 They probably um, ran the had, ENG cameras way back in the beginning of Primos, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, we do have, and our bases, our bases are custom built too. We do have some muddy bases that we use, um, but yeah, our, our camera arms are all custom built. Um, we have, uh, get so tripods. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the heads, I'm pretty sure they're the 504. I got you. Yeah. Pretty sure. Well, what all, uh, what all stuff do you have planned, um, to film this fall? What all stuff are you going to get to have the weapon in your hand for? Okay. So we've got, y'all, you know, like I said, we got elk season coming up. Um, I'll be going to Colorado first and then, uh, down to New Mexico, and then down to uh, Texas. Did you did you happen to see the elk episode from Texas uh, last year? Oh yeah, in the uh, Davis Mountains. Yeah. Yes. Dude, that's, yeah. And so I we're ran doing in, that again. I ran into a guy this spring that owns like ten thousand acres in the Davis Mountains. So I'm trying to become yeah. his best good friend. <laughs> Dude, like that's that's like the best hunter conservation story that no one knows oh I, like, I i watched the show just because of that. i'm like elk hunting in texas what yeah so yeah like brad called me and say hey we're elk hunting in texas i was like do what i was like we don't hunt in high fences and he was like it's not in the high fence i was like what and it's like no one knows about it it's no. so strange but it's 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 really cool like it's it's stupid cool yeah well and they're considered a nuisance animal there too aren't they because they're non-native yeah, well, see, that's the thing, too. It's funny. Um, like, there are some state lands out there, and if you have, if you're on those state lands, you know, like the the, the wildlife agencies and stuff, like you said, they're considered a nuisance and exotic, exotic animal. Um, they're, the wildlife agents and stuff out there are, you know, assigned to kill them on site if they see them. Wow. And in the same vein, you know, like the place that we were hunting, legally, like, get this now, legally, we could go out there when those in September with those bulls, their ruts kind of later. So they're bugling like their peak bugling kind of late September, early October. But you could go out there when those elk are full blown rut. If you wanted to, you could go out there with a rifle and shoot a hundred of them wow. if you wanted. To, that's right? unbelievable. So, and that's when I say it's like one of the coolest hunter conservation stories because that elk population out there is thriving and it's thriving because like I said, it's the hunters are putting are self-regulated. They're only taking, you know, certain kinds of bulls, certain numbers, killing a certain amount of cows. They're managing their herd, and it's not state-regulated. It's 100% being regulated by uh, hunters. Well, and that, and I thought West Texas is the places I've been in West Texas that are just flat as they can be, but that wasn't flat at all. 
No, dude, it's so, dude, it's so crazy. You're driving, it's like desert, 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 then boom, you're in the mountains. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, that was That's a that was crazy. a really cool one, and that one, that one had some awesome. Which I've always said, Primos has always had the best elk stuff ever. Um, yeah, they, it's just like my so iconic this, elk hunts. <laughs> get this, man. This is crazy too. We were we were out one morning. We didn't kill elk this morning, but we were standing there before daylight. We were listening for a bugle. And then all of a sudden, a hog runs by. You can hear him squealing. And I looked at Jordan and Brad. I was like, how many places can you hear a hog squealing and carrying on and then hear an elk bugle in the same place? Yeah, did y'all, see, did y'all see any Audad or anything like that? We didn't see Audad. They have them there. But they also have uh, white-tailed deer there and mule deer there. They have all kinds of stuff. Man, that sounds like a hunter's paradise, just all the big yeah, game right like there. Yeah, like I said, it's, it, it sounds like people, when you say it, they think you hear Audad. You know, elk, Texas hogs. Like you're in a high fence. Like, no, nah, man, it is completely free range in these Davis yeah. Mountains. 100% free range. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, how many, round about how many days a year are you on the road? Oh, goodness. Um, man, I'd probably say at least however many days are in a year, 365, cut it in half, at least that many. Yeah, may probably a little bit more, like probably a little more than half, because uh, from like September 12th through early October we're gone. Yeah, and then once deer season starts, we're at least gone. Like starting when we get back from elk season, be it the first week of October or whatever. Every week in October through the end of January, you know, take out some days for Christmas and New Year's and all that, Thanksgiving. We're there at least Monday through Friday. Yeah. So, it's you know, those days add up. And then when it starts getting time for rut and when it gets time for duck hunting, we stay some weekends and stuff. So, it, you know, we, we definitely keep busy. That's awesome. Well, uh, well, dude, I appreciate you being on. Uh, go ahead and give yes. everybody the uh, your Instagram. I don't. I think it's at Lake Pickle, isn't it? Yeah, you know, that's, that's the one thing. I, I thank my parents for that one with a name like, Lake Pickle. There's not too many of me running around. <laughs> that one's not no, too hard. You know, to, not too hard to um, forget. Yeah, if I had a new, if I had a more common name like John or a more common last name like I don't know, like Smith or something, yeah. I may have had to go with the put a number behind my name. You're the first pickle, pickle. You're the first pickle I've ever heard of, and I'll never forget the first time <laughs> I heard your name was on Pigman Show when he kept giving you crap. <laughs> Which I'm actually going to be with Pigman tomorrow, so I'll I'll mention that I was talking to you. Yeah, tell Pigman you're talking to me. I will. He's he's a he's a nut too. My goodness. He's something, man. He's he's funny, and he tell you what, he's fun to be around too. He's a fun fun guy. He is, and and I tell people he is a lot more toned down on television than he is in real life. He is wide open and you know yeah. when he's not on camera which he's the only time he's sitting still is when he's asleep no doubt no doubt well uh and and talk about the the speak language podcast yeah yeah man the, the podcast been you know it took off and you know i've had a lot of fun doing it and had a lot of fun guests on there and you know it's just sitting down talking about hunting taking hunts apart talking talking to some really cool people about how they got into hunting you know it's just it's really, really fun, you know, especially when we get into hunting season and start talking about tactics and calling and hunting strategies, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, the podcast has been really, really fun. Well, just the podcast is just a cool medium to me. It's so easy to do, and there's so much free information out there. And, you know, I, yeah. listen, I listen to so many of them. I can't tell you the last time I listened to music or the radio. There's just too many podcasts to keep up with. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's like we were saying earlier, you know, take a guy like Will Primos that everyone in the hunting industry looks up to. There's not that many places out there you can go and hear him in a, you know, in a still, calm environment just talking about elk hunting or turkey hunting or whatever and just taking stuff. You know, like one of the most popular podcasts we did, I sat down with him and we relived Proof One, you know, that first turkey video. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's yeah, like I said, it's been really, really fun. Well, good deal, dude. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and uh, maybe we'll get Jordan on here next time. Yeah, man, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Well, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it. Sounds good, man. All right, good. Th- thanks, Lake. Bye.